there. Nice to see you, to see you nice. Not that I can really see any of you, I'm literally just talking to myself here. But I thought I would chat about human connection, social anxiety and trust issues today because I explored this concept in therapy a few weeks ago because I kind of had this lack of human connection despite having people around me. And I discovered through my lovely chat with my therapist that I create this cycle myself, um, a cycle of trying to protect myself and keep my guard up, but sort of creating a situation where I feel more lonely and sinking myself deeper into my depression. And is this really bringing me any happiness or joy? I mean, people say human connection is like a basic function. You know, we all need to chat to people, see people. Otherwise, that's crap. Otherwise. (laughs) But I kind of felt like, how can I obtain this without letting my trust issues go? Because trust issues is this awful thing, difficult thing. I mean, it comes from trauma, anxiety, lots of things. And when those things are in play, it's just hard to let go of that. And so you kind of feel alone in this world. Even though you have people around you, people you you could trust, maybe, hopefully. But if you if you have those people around you and you can't trust them, then you're never going to feel connected to them and then you end up not trusting them more is it really really who do you not trust the people around you or the the past and the anxiety coming into play telling you not to trust people um i developed social anxiety at a young age my anxiety is commonly being mistaken for shyness or rudeness several times it's sad people don't really recognize social anxiety Because the more people told me to stop being so-called rude, I became increasingly insecure about myself and eventually retreated away from socialising. And there's several situations I had. Um, Some people thought I was rude because I was quiet, but then when I was talkative, I think I was quite shut off emotionally. So I, I came across as quite blunt, quite cold, quite sarcastic. So people thought I was being rude then too. And I felt like no matter what I was doing, people were considering me as being rude unless they knew me and I could kind of let a bit of that social anxiety go. And it was really hard because, yeah, the more people call you rude or the more people call you too shy or too quiet or not interesting, boring, so many things that people call people with social anxiety, the more you sink into that social anxiety. So, tips. Who gives one about what people say? Easier said than done because I certainly still care. But I realised... Well, I kind of created this analogy. Well, I'm telling myself I created this analogy. If I saw it somewhere and just gave myself the idea that I created this analogy, then I'm sorry. (laughs) I think I created this analogy. Um, about your life being a train maybe that sounds a bit basic maybe I did not create this analogy but anyway life being a train and people coming and leaving at certain times on different stations so I thought if someone decides to depart it's not really your fault they simply are just choosing to leave so let them they are missing out on that part of your journey you know 
it's hard when people sort of walk out of your life. I think that's one massive thing that kind of exacerbates my trust issues is when somebody sort of leaves my life for a period of time or for ever. You think you constantly are doubting yourself and thinking, well, you know, what did I do wrong? When in reality, it's that person just deciding to go on a different path in life and leaving you. Maybe left you in a horrible, hostile way. That's their bad not yours it's nothing on you how and it that would probably even make it even more worse because when somebody leaves in a nasty way it's obviously gonna have a massive impact but it's just somebody trying to leave your life at that point in time and if they want to leave they want to leave a journey that's okay it's not your fault i also tell myself that every friendship or relationship with anyone serves a different purpose so maybe you have some friends who you talk to daily and meet up with regularly and others that you occasionally check in every few months or have one lunch out a year or something. So really, if you have a friend and you think, oh, this person doesn't speak to me apart from like two times a year, well, that's a different sort of relationship and that serves a different purpose. So yeah, it all sucks still thinking that it's your fault. But just remember... It's your brain that's making it suck. Not the people around you not liking you. Anxiety makes you sort of suffer several times, multiple times. I think the quote is, with anxiety you suffer twice or something. Is that the quote? Is that a quote? I think it is. I feel like it is. Because really, if you are anxious, you think about the situation and you suffer there. And then you suffer in the situation. So... Anxiety, just says no, 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 we don't want anxiety. Um, you don't really need to suffer in the first place. But if you constantly live in this anxiety bubble, you won't get used to seeing and feeling that human connection. Hence creating that long loop. This is going sort of pear-shaped, I feel. Uh, it's been a really long time since I recorded an episode. And I feel super, super shy and anxious. Um, yeah, anxiety tells you lies, comes into place when you're most doubtful, and I think you get the same, uh, I may have made this word up, or I may actually be quoting therapy and being very good here, because I think it's called attentional bias, but it may not be called that, but anyway, we're going to call it attentional bias for now, so attentional bias, I think, is you basically you look for that particular notion you have around you. So you may say, okay, this person doesn't like me. Why? Oh, wait, they haven't texted me this or haven't swiped up to my story here or haven't done this there. And you look for every small example of why that is true. It could be about anything, literally. It could be like, oh, I think I am. Um, you might have health anxiety and you think that you're really ill so you'll look for the symptoms and that's sort of how attentional bias works and that I think is what pushes anxiety um a lot because your mind constantly spirals and finds things that in different places of your life that you don't even that you don't even need to read into most of the time anxiety reads into things you don't even need to read into so you'll be there and you will think, okay, um, I 
Um, let me think. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I've lost my train of thought. Um, no, so you think, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. Brain fog moment here. I'm literally trying to, trying to conjure up what I was trying to say. We don't like brain fog here. But anyway, let's move on <laughs> because this is going to get embarrassing. See, even your brain tells you these things are embarrassing. Probably, I know rationally, maybe nobody thought about it twice. Maybe, maybe people were just like, okay, this is pretty natural. But your anxiety will be telling you, this is not, this is what people think, this is what people say, this is what I, is true, this is fact. When in reality, anxiety is doubt, not fact. I just babbled on. This probably made no sense at all. And I, if it did make some sense to you, I do hope it helped in some way. I'm always a message away on Instagram. Sending love and spoons to you all. Bye.